Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now, here is your host, Peter DeMott. So, Lori McIntosh Photography is my interviewee today. Um, she lives out in California. She is a certified professional photographer. She's a member of the Equine Photographers Network. Her dad was is a is or was a pro photographer for 62 years. So she's had some good tutelage, I'm sure. And to top it off, she is an endurance rider, uh, which is something my wife does. So hi, Lori. Hi there. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing good. So the way this usually starts out, we ask our photographers, which came first, the camera or the horse? And I don't know what to guess with your dad being a photographer, whether you were taking pictures as a little kid or or riding horses as a little kid or both. Yes, um, probably both. My um, and by the way, it's now sixty-seven years. My dad's eighty-eight, and he still uses his camera. And uh, he's a little shaky, but that's what tripods are for and cable releases. So this <laughs> has my sister set it up for him, and he's good to go. But um, for me, um, I I did w- listen to a couple podcasts, and I have a lot of similarities to so many other photographers. Really interesting is I, I started out in camp. Uh, my parents were not into horses. Two of my sisters were, and we all went to the same camp over uh, like a 20 year time frame, And there were about 50 horses. This was in Chesapeake, Virginia. And I, uh, was a trail rider and became, um, a wrangler at some point from say age to eight to 14. I was there every winter on the weekends and then in the summertime and loved it was totally addicted. I could have lived there and knew all the horses. And when I was 12, my dad gave me a Polaroid camera, and um, I was addicted to that thing because it took a while before the, the print came out and, when you, and it was loud. And when you went to push the button, I, uh, the horses, which that's all I cared about was photographing them, they would turn their head and their ears were perfect. Like, what is she doing? And then out came my little, what, three by five, I guess, um, image of a perfect looking headshot of every single horse, <laughs> all 50 of them. And I made a whole album of all their with Polaroid their, pictures. Yes. And I lost that album. I'm still kind of devastated about it. And I keep thinking I'll find it someday. You know, when you go to college and your parents get all your stuff stuffed in their attic, right, <laughs> right. It suddenly disappears. So that's what happened to it. I think some spring cleaning happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but and then I went to college at uh, University of Texas. But before that, I moved to from Virginia to Texas, and I thought, you know, the riding horses would be even more popular. Is this with your family, or you went by yourself? I went with my family. So my dad um, at the time he had in the fifties, sixties, and seventies he had three studios and got up to forty employees, and I did work for him. When I was 12, uh, a lot happened when I was 12. I uh, was stamping proofs and calling up 
clients to remind them of your appointment, you know, and I go, hi, Mrs. Smith, this is Lori McIntosh, with the squeaky little kid voice. <laughs> and I had a social security card. I actually got that to work at camp. So I, cause I was also teaching kids how to get on horses and uh, saddle them up. And, uh, and then since I had the social security card, my dad decided I should work for him. <laughs> so, so that was kind of rough. And then all my sisters worked for him as well, um, mainly said, just you, work on the front desk. You said one of your sisters is also a professional photographer? Yes, I have three older sisters, and Leslie is the one next to me, and she uh, photographs high school seniors. That's her specialty, and that's really all she likes to do, but she does families as well. And my father specializes in three-generation families, large groups, and then also military generals. And uh, since he's so close to Washington, D.C., and then, of course, Virginia Beach is full of uh, Navy captains and Navy leaders and the Army and Marines. The SEALs are there. The pilots are there. So he had easy access to them. And, um, and then my oldest sister, she worked for Rangefinder magazine back in the 80s and was a photographer for a little while, but she lost interest and uh, moved to California, to L.A. And then my third sister, my second sister, she's an interior designer. She never really got into photography, but she's great with design. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you're still doing the horse thing, but now you're in California. And did you actually do the Tebas? I sure did. I came in 40th place and uh, out of 205 riders at that time. And just true to what happens, only 50% finished that year, kind of every year since 1955, with the exception of two years. It was like 2007, there was a fire and the smoke was just too extreme to continue that ride or to put it on. And then 2011, they just had it out and back because of too much snow in the Tahoe area. And those are the only times that the ride was canceled and changed. But, um, and I actually had planned on doing it in 2011. And at that time my horse was only fit. Um, he was a, he was fit to do it, but not emotionally ready. He was still, you know, Arabians take a while to grow up. And, uh, he was a show horse that only rode in the arena. So he really didn't have the ligament and tendon strength to climb those kind of mountain ranges. And I decided to give him three years of training versus two. And plus 2011 was the out and back. And I didn't want that to be my first Tevis. I wanted to do the point to point, the real thing my first time, because I just feel like the buckle wouldn't be worthy enough if I got it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So now just to tell our listeners, the Tevis is a hundred mile ride, isn't it? Yes, the Tevis Cup is um, really the only point-to-point in uh, ride, and its endurance started in Auburn, California. And it is 100 miles with nine vet checks, two one-hour holds. And if your horse can't do it, they'll find it. And But some horses slip through the cracks because these vets come in from all over the world. It's a privilege to be a vet there, and they, uh, they only have a minute to check out your horse. So... It's really important to know your horse really well, and I knew mine inside and out. He was my husband's horse, but I stole him, and uh, yeah, that was our third hundred at that point, and we were very, very connected. I can look at him and immediately know what he's thinking. Wow. Well, my wife does quite a few endurance rides every summer, and her goal is to do a 100-miler, 
And uh, actually, this weekend, she's going to the American Endurance Ride Conference uh, convention. In Texas. Yes. Oh, good for In her. Texas. Yeah, this is closer for you than out here. Yeah. She has a friend That's that wants to go with her, so a couple friends. Well, so. watch out, Peter, because your credit card's going to be uh, up there. <laughs> it's going to take a few hits, <laughs> is good it? shopping. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm, I'm only allowed to go every other year because I get in trouble every time. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. So now, okay, let's get into your photography a little bit. Um, is this a full-time business for you? It was for seven years, yes. And just to backtrack a little, I um, when I went to high school in Texas, I kind of lost interest in the camera because um, my dad was a professional and very, very – he was kind of famous in the photography world since he lectured. And uh, I was very intimidated, felt like, you know, I'm just not good enough to be a photographer like he is, so why bother? So I just never – I just let it go. Plus, I was in college in my 20s, and it was – not a big interest. And I also didn't really want a career at that time in it because there's really no structure or discipline and being self-employed was really scary to me. Just watching the ups and downs that he went through, it was kind of a turnoff. And then when I went to uh, college in Texas, since I was already a resident there, it was very affordable to go to University of Texas in Austin in state. And um, I uh, got on the equestrian team and just started Riding and all the students there were daughters of trainers. So I kind of got free lessons through other students that really knew their stuff and, um, and started going into inventing. I was going to say, did you do showing or inventing or? Yes, you know. I did. Well, Western Pleasure and um, I kind of almost came your way. We, living in Texas, we competed against uh, Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri. And uh, Indiana, those were their states, which is pretty amazing since I was already in a massive state, Texas. And we would drive to all these states, like five to six girls, and compete where you draw a name out of the hat. And uh, at that time, I could I was riding up to 200 different horses um, and really honed in on my skills and how to ride different breeds, different types. And they were usually at universities, they'd have horses that were donated. You know, they weren't all... <laughs> like bread uh, for jumping, yeah, right, right? Polo ponies and rescues and whatnot, and so it was. It was pretty exciting, and very competitive, and uh, just absolutely loved it. And now you don't have to drive everywhere; they're funded. We weren't funded when, back in the the mid eighties when I was when I was there. What does that mean, yeah. funded? Um, you know, like uh, football, basketball, baseball is all funded by the university, and they give you support and pay for so much thing. You still so would have to drive, wouldn't you, or you fly, or what? Yes, but they, you, it's easier to get money to do it because okay. this is all out of pocket. We did oh, our own fundraisers. Okay. That's see. when I started learning how to uh, be a fundraiser and getting into uh, asking for money. Uh-huh. <laughs> this wasn't for charity. It was for us to have a competition on horses. So that's part of your photography business is asking for money. In other words. It sure is. Yeah. Yes. And being, yes. being comfortable asking f- a good rate for what you do. Right, because then um, at some point I became an occupational therapist and specialized in head injuries. And then I was afraid to ride horses because they're so dangerous. And uh, any sport was you know, wakeboarding, snowboarding, mountain biking. Those are the kind of patients I was treating. And I did it for 10 years and got burned out. And then I became a pharmaceutical rep because all those patients really just wanted drugs anyway. So I thought, I'll just sell drugs. 
And at that point, I moved to California because I was doing an internship with head injuries in Marin County. And I fell in love with Sausalito. And I thought, well, this place is so beautiful. I, I'm never leaving. I am not leaving. And I, I love the East Coast, love the beach, love growing up on the Chesapeake Bay. But um, the weather really wasn't for me. I didn't feel really um, vibrant in the humidity. And um, it was just too, too humid. And the seasons were very intense. And in California, it was like every day was perfect. And um, I could be outside every day at that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not this year. It's pretty brutal. But A um, lot of water this year, right? Too much water, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the state really doesn't know how to store it. They didn't really do a good job on how to preserve, conserve water. But um, And then living in Marin County, so pretty, right? But uh, very, very expensive, and that's how I became a pharmaceutical rep because I tripled my salary. And then uh, 2008, everything changed for so many people, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And at that time, I was in my 40s by then, and I'm like, I got laid off. We lost our house. We bought a beautiful house for nearly a million dollars, and uh, I remodeled the whole thing. The, uh, the beautiful garden with all the trees and plants and fencing for our dog and Rudy did the whole inside and uh it was a tiny little house for that much money it was like 1400 square feet oh my gosh that is insane yes and um, (laughs) at that time we had one horse and uh now i think hot wheels came along hot wheels is the name of my tevis horse he's a a fiery chestnut he's like so he's just like classic chestnut personality too like He's a nut. You know, he's just, I can see why they call him chestnuts because they're all nuts. Um, <laughs> but Finn, uh, the gray horse, he's almost 20 in April. He is very elegant and, ma- and majestic looking. He's not, he doesn't look like a full Arab just because he's Polish. So he doesn't have that deep dish face hmm, okay. like the like Hot Wheels does because he's half Egyptian okay. and, uh, and Polish. And then I have a third horse who's straight Egyptian. So I've got one of each. I got a hybrid, one Polish, one Egyptian. And um, but Finn, that horse, he—I swear to God, Peter. One day when I I was laid off and trying to figure out what I was going to do, I wasn't panicked because I had a severance package for a year. Um, so I've been with this company ten years, and I had this epiphany while I was in the shower, and it was like Finn's face just came up over and over. I get emotional about it, but he's like, I have a job that you could do. I can help you. (laughs) And uh, he's like, I can pay for my hay. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to start photographing him. Okay. And I literally called my dad after I got out of the shower, and I said, I want to be a professional photographer. Now, how old was he when you called him and said this? Um, he was in his seventies. Okay. Working full time in um you know, what was it? Two thousand or so, um the digital camera came out and he had a Hasselblad. My sister had a Hasselblad, that's all they used. Right. And uh, you know, to get a digital back, I don't know back then, I know now it's forty thousand dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's pretty expensive. Um they did not want to go that route, and they also did not like digital. They're very adamant, especially um, he's an environmental, on-location portrait photographer. Even though they had a studio and they did headshots in the high school seniors with their uh, drapes and whatnot, their passion was outdoors. And um, 
he refused to go digital. So they, they stuck with film for a long time. And uh, in the meantime, gosh, I think I was, he won uh, the Lifetime Achievement Award at PPA in Nashville. And they gave him a Canon 5D. So he's like, damn it, I guess I got to go digital. <laughs> and then my sister got a second one, and I was begging him for it, but she got it. And uh, so she decided to leave film. I was already digital when I started, and I got a 5D, and I bought lenses from friends of his. And um, I had instant mentors, too. Because uh, the you were the little, the, the little miniature Lori McIntosh that used to phone call from the studios. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, right. So um, it was really easy to get in as a um, full-time pro without having a clue what I was doing. Okay. So how did you get a clue? Uh, <laughs> I went on a cruise with my dad in uh, Alaska. They flew to Seattle, and my husband and I went with them. And it was perfect. It was two for one. I got to spend time with my mom and dad and... 40 of the top photographers in the world. And they all gave, um, yes, they had 12 minutes to give a speech about what they were doing or how they sell or what was making their business rock. And I was there with my notebook and pen and writing furiously. And um, to prepare myself, I went to all their websites and I checked them all out. And they're all very, very different. And I picked out my top 10 favorite. And then I narrowed it down to five. And then I called my dad and I said, this is who I want to meet. And he planned um, dinner. So, you know, you go out with everyone at nighttime on your own after the lectures all day. And he asked them, oh, would you mind meeting with me and Lucy, that's my mom's name, and Lori for dinner? And they all obliged. And uh, I asked them questions and got all kinds of tips. And then I started going to WPPI every year, which is Wedding Professional Photographers International. Did you start out with the people photography, or did you do the equine right from the get-go also? Uh, no, I started with equine right from the get-go because that's all I cared about was horses. I did not want to photograph people, and I didn't want to photograph dogs, even though I had a, a gorgeous dog myself. Um, just horses was my plan, and that was my niche. And then he came out, and I went to Virginia Beach for 10 days and followed him around, and he helped me just look at backgrounds, composition, rule of thirds, colors, um, everything. And uh, it's totally different scenery there, too. It's very lush and green, and there's water everywhere. And, uh, and then and just being, learning how to be more technical, since I didn't know how to, and how to use manual mode. And then he flew out to California, and he never really photographed horses. So he's like, I want to know how to photograph horses. And he'd come out with his little 24-105 wide-angle lens, and they're all distorted. And I'd be like, they're distorted. And he's like, no, they're not. And how I knew that is um, he actually told me about EPNet through a friend of his, and I didn't know anything about it. And I joined right away. Perfect timing. Is it, is it Kareen? Uh, Kareen, I think. Kareen, so yeah. I photo I took her basic photography class and she was fantastic. Um, super helpful with distorted horses <laughs> that I couldn't see, thinking that my angles were long enough. And uh, I took Scott Tree's course, I took Sharon Shepherd's course, I pretty much took every course that came up and that really helped me hone my skills. 
because my dad couldn't help me there. And, and, and he like, he didn't even like dogs with their tongue out. The dogs had to be perfectly posed with their families. He had definitely did a lot of pets with families, but I disagreed with him a lot. I had a totally different style, but I ended up being the same style, classic, traditional, because I just know it so well. And it's very elegant, and it's uh, I immediately from the get-go was thinking heirlooms, giant wall portraits. And then, um, of course, I met one of his best friends, Ken Whitmire, who just passed away at age 80 at a, uh, in a car accident. He fell asleep at the wheel in the middle of the night coming back from a photography event. Oh, that's too bad. It's horrible. Yeah. And uh, he was a huge mentor for me and so many people. And... Uh, he lives up in Yakima, or lived, and he did the Wall Portrait Conference every year. And that that skyrocketed a lot of photography uh, photographers' businesses with uh, average sales. Right. For so many people. So where would, you, where, would you, where would you put yourself at that time in terms of average sales? Um, so let's see, I started in 2009, and I immediately went high-end. I had really high prices, and uh, I was really nervous about it. Um, but being a drug rep and knowing how to sell, I got over it. And um, the hardest part was um, selling my own work versus selling a drug I didn't make. You know, Way easier to sell something that you didn't do because you don't take it personally. Whereas if people didn't like what I did, I took it very personally and had to learn how to work through that. So my average sale was 2500 and I would do 30 to 40 portraits a year, really um, low volume, high-end. High and, uh, and then I hardly did any shoots in, this, in the January first quarter of the year because I was going to two conventions and networking my, like crazy. Like I joined Rotary after meeting um, um, the president. He, he got me, he said, you have to join Rotary convinced me to do it and then um and before that i was a chamber member two chambers one in los gatos in silicon valley and morgan hill once we moved there and um morgan hill i always thought was kind of like a hokey town but it's like it's the tail end of silicon valley and it's the people that can't deal with the super snotty people (laughs) 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 and want to be out more in the country Right, and uh, I was completely snowed by how different it was, and very approachable, and very easy to develop relationships there. Versus um, going up further north in Silicon Valley, it was much more challenging to develop relationships. And then a lot of people would you that say have, at the at the high end business that relationships are a key? Absolutely, yes. Uh, most all as of opposed to friends. as opposed to just advertising and marketing that. In the high end, you have to be socializing with the people you'll be working with, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I did do ads, and um, I did attract people that were kind of so well-known, like just super famous in the community, but they would uh, they would try to take advantage of me, uh, asking for lower prices, asking for the CD of images, and I'm looking at them like, your house is worth $10 million. <laughs> And uh, you have money coming out of your ears, and here I am trying to make maybe fifty thousand a year. If that in the, in Silicon Valley, that's beyond poverty level. I mean, luckily I'm married because I could have never pulled it off living here. Um, but yeah, it was unbelievable how people treated me. 
And that's why I really like the horses and the horse community and the horse people. And, and I, and then I got really comfortable photographing women with horses. Um, and they would pay the, the fee because they knew that it wasn't a portrait that was going on the wall for a year and then getting another one. That was their portrait. I and, see. Um, so that was like so an like, investment for them. Absolutely. High mm-hmm. school seniors that I've done, um, only with their horses, uh, and some, like, like a, a couple boys here and there I've done that weren't into horses, but their sisters were. So I've, fo- you know, just photographed the other kids. Um, my average sales with them were about a thousand because I would lower the prices. And, uh, especially if the parents had a younger child, cause I wanted them to hire me again. And I love repeat clients. I have one client that's hired me eight times. He's got horses, dogs, grandkids, and then, um, and then he finds another dog and then, Oh, my puppy, I wanted at six months. I want the puppy photographed at 12 months. And then when she's an adult and then with all the other dogs, <laughs> so, yeah. That guy's great. And he always wants big. He's like, okay, I want 30 by 40. Wow. So he's got a big yes. house. He rotates it now. He has to rotate his artwork. His girlfriend's not happy about that. But, uh, uh, I, yeah, I just I believe that art should be on the wall. I don't like selling CDs at all. I won't do it. I've done it for um, veterinarians that have a website. Anyone that has a website and it's business Definitely, and they have to sign a contract that the images are only for business purposes, not personal use. Um, and then I, I really don't like selling eight by tens; like a waste of my time. Uh, they're usually gift size, though. If anyone buys a wall portrait and they want smaller portraits, they're all half price. Let's say that in West Virginia or Virginia, where you were before, would some of these prices that you're selling for work there too? Or is this something that's just because of where you are in California? No. Um, the opposite is true, actually. And you can't okay. say West Virginia, a totally different state. I'm here. sorry. 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 <laughs> Virginia. Uh, yeah. Virginia. So my dad, he charges 40% more than I do. And my sister charges 20% than I do more. And he is a master photographer and has a million awards and, uh, all I am a certified, but, um, in his, his clientele are teachers, uh, military people that aren't making 250,000 a year. They're not making that salary at all. Nothing close to it. Okay. Not even a hundred. And they pay his prices. Cause they the appreciate the photography better. There, I, I don't know. They're, Family values are higher, and um, this is really interesting. I think you would really be blown away by this, is that 80% of my clients are from the Midwest. Ah, interesting. Very high family values and really believe in family portraits on the wall. I don't know, uh, you know, Charles Lewis is out there. I don't know if uh, there's a lot of photographers that just, they they did all the education properly whereas in california the photographers screwed up <laughs> they didn't know how to educate people i think um people here spend more time outdoors they're not as concerned about their inside of their house as they are like for me for example my trailer is really nice in <laughs> my shed <laughs> but uh they just don't value it like um the rest of the country does and they um they don't respect photographers as much here as they do elsewhere 
and maybe and there's just so many um, people that have the the funds to buy a Hasselblad themselves, and they don't they believe that it's not in the eye, it's just in the equipment, and I totally don't believe that. My husband could pick up the 5D and not take the same shot, mainly because he has one eye that works, one that doesn't, but he just doesn't have the the skill that I have. And um, he wishes he does, but he has a Photoshop skills. He does all that for me. Okay, I want to ask you a couple more questions about the business and about your experience. What uh, I don't see a lot of equine photographers that are certified professional. Um, tell me how long that took you to get, and how what value you see it having. Um, I would say it took me probably a year, um, uh, to prepare for the written test and then submitting the images was very scary. Um, um, submitting the images was nothing. You really just, they were pretty much all animals. They were horses and dogs and, uh, a lot were mine. And by the way, I didn't get to finish before about Finn, um, He's modeled with about 50 women. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And I, babies to 80 year olds, he doesn't discriminate against age, but he loves women and, um, he just knows how to look good with them and he just wraps himself around them and they are like, Oh, you know, it's like the white prince, the white horse. And, um, a lot of the women have never been around a horse before and, uh, they needed a lot of like little like quote I'm doing air quotes therapy to prepare themselves to stand that close to the horse. Even horse owners, they're like, I can't stand that close to the horse. I'm like, yes, you can. He's not going to knock your head off. It's okay. But um, so there are images. Uh, I can't say I used my animals more than once in the submissions, but I had to collaborate with a lot of people for help to make sure that what I submitted was spot on because I knew I had to get I think six had to be mind-blowing out of 10 to be accepted. And then the written test, um, I took a lot of courses and uh, that I really enjoyed and had uh, the book that they recommend and went through that with a, uh, through a course. And honestly, I can't really remember if it was super hard or not, but if you're passionate about it and you're really into it, it's easy. Um, and it wasn't just technical questions. There's a lot of good questions about everything. Very well-rounded exam. And I wanted to do it for validation, peace of mind, and, and to say, if people question my prices, I'm like, well, here's why I put the effort into it. And I'm, I'm full-time. I'm a professional. I'm making a living doing this. And you need to trust me. And people do, you know, just go, I just trust you. And in the Bay Area, there are some pretty demanding people that know what they want, but they don't really. So I had to compromise. I'd say, okay, you wear your outfit or you do what you want to do. How about if we do what I want to do afterwards? And then they always bought what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You had to trick them. Right. Let them, you bring that outfit, but I'll also bring this one. Right. And uh -huh. I always tell them to bring a suitcase of clothes. Bring all your clothes. So they never listen. <laughs> right. So the certified professional, was it more just for you or are you feeling like it helps you as 
the quality of your work improved as a result or that um, it's just for show? Which of those three things? Um, hmm. I wouldn't say it was for show at all. Okay. It definitely offers value. Um, I think that it really forced me to up my game. Okay. That's important. And, um, yeah. And I'm a member and I want to support the organization. And so I had to pay to take that exam. And I'm not supporting them by submitting images every year because I usually am too late and I always forget. But, um, and then I end up putting something that I'm not really ready to put in. But um, CPP, I just, I think it's really important. I'm, I guess I've gotten myself in trouble a couple times with photographers that don't charge very much or weren't sure and they were doing it for free. And I offended them because I'm so passionate about preserving the, the profession because it's dying now. And this was back then. This was 10 years ago when I started in 09, almost, what, eight years ago. It's kind of a um, mess still. Yeah, I mean, you know. and, uh, and um, I just feel bad because my dad raised us on this profession, and he was very, very successful. I mean, he sold it for over a million dollars to Olin Mills in 1981, his studios, when we moved to Texas. And um, all three of my sisters went to college uh, with him paying for it. Of course, by the time I came around, he's like, oh, I spent it all, sorry. But... Um, <laughs> He, um, I just, I guess I was just overly protective and just got really pissed off when people would do a good job and give it away for free or charge $250 for a CD of 30 images. I just right. couldn't believe it. Yeah. But I, you know, who am I to tell people what to do? Right. <laughs> so where, what's your business doing now or is it still there? It's still there. Okay. Yeah, so I, was kind of, I was a little surprised when you called me because I was like, oh, I didn't know people knew I still existed because I kind of start, stopped marketing and I stopped advertising. Uh, I, um, I had to go back to pharmaceutical sales because it was time to buy a house again. And I don't know if you've ever tried to buy a house in California, but it's nearly impossible with one income. You really need two incomes. And uh, mortgage lenders never saw my business as a, an artist as valid. Because my salary was so up and down. And um, I just went and got a corporate job so we could buy a house. And I still continued the photography. And then um, I kind of was getting burnt out on people. And uh, I just did a huge family session um, with 18 people. Very well-known family. And um, I did it kind of as a favor. If it was someone else, I'd probably say, I'm sorry, not available. And refer them to someone else. But... Um, I knew that she'd been interested for years, and I knew that her husband was going to pass away. So I had to give her that gift, and uh, they came out spectacular. But um, the horses, I now only work during daylight savings time. So I stopped doing it in the winter because I couldn't get home from work in time. Okay. And um, I do have a beautiful hand-painted canvas that I spent $500 on, and I've used it twice. You know, oh, for, for a background. Projects. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I have one background. And um, I just don't like being inside. Um, love doing my shoots outside and, and having the sun as my boss, really. The sun would tell me what's going to happen and how it's going to go. And so the, the winter is just kind of off limits. And it gave me time to rest and 
regroup for, because I would work. I pretty much get up at 6 a.m. and I'd work all day. And then I would do a shoot at night and sometimes up to 9 o'clock at night and uh, and go to bed. And it was it's pretty draining to work mm-hmm. that much. Right. So now you're working as a pharmaceutical rep? And Not right now, no. Oh, no, no. no. Now, no, now I'm uh, I'm doing health coaching because uh, oh. I, I left the dark side. <laughs> well, you know, so, I'm vegan now. Are you? So yeah, I'm trying to reverse my um, some heart disease. So, oh, sorry to hear that, but that's yeah. great that you're doing that. Yeah. So so far, it's working pretty good. My wife. Yeah, and um. I, uh, heart disease is pretty scary. So the last mm-hmm. thing you want to do is, are you taking medication? Well, I'm on, uh, uh, heart, blood pressure medicine and a statin, but I'm guessing that I'll be off of both of those within six months. Yeah. We'll get, I'd love to talk to you about that another time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got all kinds of tips for you. All right. Um, but yes, I've always been interested in nutrition and wellness as I was a yoga instructor before. And uh, now with the horses, um, I don't think I'll ever stop photographing horses and dogs. Um, and that's something I'll continue to kind of reinvent myself a lot. Um, and I'm living on five acres now, which is pretty much flat, a little slopey, usable acres, gorgeous trees, a pond and a pool. And um, the three horses. So I already have someone scheduled for a shoot in May um, with their daughter mm-hmm. and my horse. Well, that's interesting. So, how do you get people to say, "Hey, I want a picture of me with your horse"? How's that work? You know, I know. Well, I just say he has a stud fee. <laughs> <laughs> a stand. But he's fee. a gelding. Yeah. Yes, I know. I've never, and I've done. Um, so, are you marketing work, that, or what? I mean, are no. you, people say, "I want a picture of me with your horse." They've seen images of him, and they he he is. I'm telling you, he's a Romeo. He um, women fall in love with him, and they want to model with him. And uh, I've had women with gray Arabs that want a business headshot for whatever you know something equine related, and they say, "I need to model with your horse because he's prettier than mine." Yeah, and I had a girl actually who has a horse in Salinas, and she um, she's a, a top dog for doTERRA essential oils and I sell essential oils too it's part of my business and she wanted to come to my home in Morgan Hill and model with my white horse with her family and her son sat on him and uh, bareback and she loved that and I just did that for fun and it was in one of my best portraits I do a lot of that I uh, they'll do a portrait session and I say hey you, your kids want to meet my horses and then they model with them that way and then I'll just photograph them with the 85 and make it really arty. I'll blow a, I blur out my horse and make the kid sharp or vice versa. And uh, the parents almost always want to buy it. And my dog too. My dog is a photo bomber. He, he did pass away, but he has been in other people's photo albums. Don't really like to do albums because I like the art on the wall. And I feel like the albums just kind of sit in the shelf and they don't really get to admire their work. I mean, you know, their, their, their loved ones. And, um, and I and I charge twenty five hundred for an album, so most people lose interest. <laughs> but because uh, it's a lot of work, and you know, it's like a bunch of eight by tens, 
an album and uh, my dog, he was a little foxhound. He would sit and pose with families and he'd walk around them and he'd sit. He would just like look up at them and I would start shooting. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would <laughs> buy the portrait <laughs> with my dog as <laughs> a standard. <laughs> to make their family more, you know, family-ish. Yeah. Yes, and of course he's my baby, so I loved it. And um, Finn, uh, he loves modeling. He's just he stands still; the ears will go up. Uh, my chestnut is absolutely stunning and beautiful, but he's the the action model. Mm-hmm. He has he cannot stand still. Right. Well, that's cool. So, where do you th- see things going in the future? Um, you're you're growing a, a health coaching business. Is that? Do you have a website for that too? I don't have a website for it yet. I'm working on it. I did. Um, I was a beta or founding member for the Grid, which is based um, for photographers. So not sure if it's going to work well with my my um, health coaching. The reason why I'm doing it is for my horses. I want to be home more. I don't want to be driving all day when my um, sitting in my car. All day selling medication is really does a number on your body. Like sitting is a new smoking, and um, I can't ride my horses as well. I'm not as balanced. I'm achy, and then I whatever problems I have in my body, I put that through my horses. Uh, like I don't really here I am an hour from Tahoe, and I don't really want to snowboard because one side of your body gets stronger than the other, and that'll definitely make my horse lame if I'm doing 50 mile races. And, uh, so this business, I work from home, I have more time with them and that's, that's why on photography, I can do my portrait sessions here. Now we found this place and I had in mind looking for a location, a property where I could do portraits as well. And then I'll do yoga retreats here. And I, I, I've already told people, I'm going to have my horses walking around you while you're in Shavasana pose, which is the, the sleeping dead pose. That's everyone's favorite. Just lying down and pretend like you're dead. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't think I then, have the patience for it, but I, you know, <laughs> I need to do something to limber myself up a little bit. Yoga would be great. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of men doing yoga. And here in Auburn, there's like half the the class is men now. It's very popular for men. Mm. Yeah, think about it. I will. I will. Well, hey, we, I've got to close up here shortly because we don't want this to be too long. But right. uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Uh, on Tell us your website and Facebook page and things like that. Sure. So I haven't looked, updated it, but I need to. I still have a lot of uh, Vaquero Heritage Days looks on my website, and it's uh, lauriemackintoshphotography.com. And then um, I'm mostly on Facebook. I haven't really done a lot with LinkedIn because it's more on my corporate side. But um, I probably will go there because I have so many connections. And um, I'll be on LinkedIn just under my name. And then Macintosh Wellness is my health coaching business, which 10 habits in 10 weeks, what I teach. And then um, I also do the essential oils with horses and teach horse clinics. And um, I like to use the oils before I do a photo shoot. Lavender is your friend. And it really helps calm a horse down, especially if you use a strobe, because you never know how they're going to react to a light going off in their face. And um, and then same with my Facebook. It's Lori McIntosh Photography. 
and I haven't really had time for the others. Uh, Pinterest and Pinterest, I do have quite a few images, and um, Instagram, not as much. Right. I would say that's similar to my situation. But, yes. Uh, it's our- Most of my clients are women over fifty that can afford a portrait, and that are at the age where you know the kids are gone, the horse is their baby, the horse might be getting old. They want a wall portrait. And they're all on Facebook because right. that's that's your market, women over 50. Right. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Acorn Photographers podcast. And uh, we'll put you up on there here in the next week or two. And uh, I hope we get lots of people checking out your stuff. Okay? Yeah. Thanks so much for inviting me to speak. Okay. You have a great right. day. You too, Peter. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for the Equine Photographers Podcast. We hope you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn and grow and to be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding image makers. (music) 